Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to my virtual cool kids table. Uh, started this podcast now. We're, we're closing in on six years because I wanted access to really interesting people from a variety of backgrounds. You know, if I just interview a bunch of speakers who have written books, then it's like a little bubble of people who are like me. Uh, if I just interview a bunch of other podcasters, who cares? So I like to talk to people who are business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, and people who have jobs who just have that entrepreneurial spirit. Spirit. And today, uh, we're going a little bit out of the normal box because we have a spiritual catalyst. Now, I'm going to make him tell us what that really is all about, but I met Art recently. His name is Art Geyser, and he has a background. He spent 11 years managing a research lab for the University of California. He also has spent 30 years doing like executive coaching for Fortune 1000, Fortune 500 executives, talking about leadership and doing things like that. But he also is someone who does energy work. And I'm curious in all this stuff, because one thing I know is there's a lot of entrepreneurs out in Silicon Valley and everywhere else who do all these things. I know there's a lot of Hollywood actors who are very into different sort of spiritual uh, practices, but a lot of people don't lead with those. They don't come out and talk about it. Uh, And so I actually told Art before I would have him on the show, he had to do an energy work session with me so that I knew what it was all about. And I can't say that I've had some life changing um, experience in the last week since we did that, uh, but it was very interesting to go through, and I thought, this way I can interview him and kind of know what he does. I will be honest, we didn't do it in person. We did it over Zoom. He's about a 1,000 miles away out in California. Still a very interesting process. Uh, I probably have a lot to learn about it. But hey, Art Geyser, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Well, thank you. It's uh, good to be one of the cool kids. I'm thrilled about that. I don't know. You strike me as you were at the cool kids table in high school. Somewhat. I mean, I, I would have been one of the nerds, except for that I was a three-year letterman in wrestling and I played football. So, you know, if you're a boy, that saves you from being, you know, getting beat up and being a nerd. So you're just the smart jock, right? By the crowds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I don't read the bios that like PR people send. So why don't you give us a little more detail about your background, where you started and what got you to where you are today? Yeah. And so I, since I was really little, I was fascinated by two things. One, I, uh, I read lots of science fiction even when I was really little and I wanted to be a scientist when I grew up and work with radioactive materials, which I actually ended up doing. And 
but I always was also fascinated by the mystical, the powers of the unconscious mind. When I'd hear about things like telepathy, just on some level, I knew it was real. And so I always had this like very logical, when I was young, people go, you ought to be a lawyer when you grow up, because I just would take every things people would say and just really dissect it logically. And, uh, but I always was fascinated by the, that, the other realms that, um, that often people think are, are opposed to one another, and I don't believe that at all. And then um, I managed this research lab. Uh, we were investigating the effects of estrogen and progesterone on the tissues in a woman's body. Nowadays, it would be called epigenetic research, so people weren't really using that term at the time. I did that for 11 years, but I knew I didn't belong there. And I, I was, I'd gone from being a really adventuresome person to being like completely stuck for years. And uh, I don't know what I wanted to do with myself. And, you know, just you know, somebody like you, somebody like me could have unstuck me in an hour, but you know, I didn't know about all that back then. And then I uh, discovered NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And for people listening who don't know what that is, uh, the most famous person in our field is Tony Robbins. And he does, you know, his whole Tony Robbins, rah-rah thing. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's good or bad, but he has his own spin on it. But the, the power that he has to transform people's lives comes from uh, neuro-linguistic programming. And I was lucky enough to study with all the developers of the field, and a couple of them became my mentors. So I've been an NLP trainer since 1985, which sounds really old to me. I was going <laughs> to say, I didn't even know they were doing NLP training in 1985. I was a freshman in college, so I was lining up at the keg. Yes, right. Um, I was a little older, but um, uh, in but the people that I studied with were also. Uh, it was in Northern California in Marin County, north of San Francisco, when the big NLP centers was there. And so there were a number of people that were into energy healing and psychic development stuff. And people started teaching me things. And um, this one woman invited me. This uh, psychic and his wife were visiting town and doing a little thing. And because we don't have much time. Uh, um, I won't go through the whole story, but this guy, I came in late. Everybody's sitting in a circle, get to ask him a question. He's got his eyes closed. So he hasn't had, he doesn't know anything about me. And I asked him a different question. And he proceeds to tell me my biggest fear that I had never mentioned to anybody. I still don't mention it to people. And, and it probably didn't sound like a big deal to anybody else, but my, well, my jaw was probably like, and, um, and then he goes, you don't have to worry about that. And I felt like this weight come off me. And he was teaching a workshop the next weekend, so I cleared the decks, took it, and then I've, I've never looked back. And over the years, what I learned is that you could do miraculous things with the, the NLP in terms of transforming people's lives. You could do you could do miraculous things in the energy work. And then I started going, well, what happens if you put them together? And that was the birth of the field I created, which I call energetic NLP, which brings together NLP spiritual principles, transformative energy work, and intuition development and healing energy work. And so I, I'm one of those people, I just, I, I don't have allegiance to anything. I take the best of everything I've learned and, um, and, and gratefully. And then we've developed, my students and I over the years, our, our own concepts and processes too. Interesting. So what made you sort of go into this entrepreneur track, kind of earning your own way in the world around this energetic NLP and being an energy 
I don't know if healer is the right word, but but one would say, is that really a job? Um, it's probably not really a job, which is why I had to start a business. Um, and, uh, in, in that time period when I was really stuck, a woman um, named Shashan, who'd been my first girlfriend in college, said to me, because, you know, our, your problem is you're looking for a box to put yourself in. You know, I, I was looking for a job. And, um, and she went, you're an unusual person. You're not going to find the box. You're going to have to build it. And it was one of those things I could feel the truth totally in my body when she said that. But it took me years. I didn't know what to do around it. And then when I started studying the NLP and then the energy work, I realized, like, oh, I could just start uh, doing workshops and seeing clients. And so things just kind of evolved. I am not one of those people like who, from the age of three, were going to start their own business. Um, in some ways, I, I wouldn't say I have an entrepreneurial bone in my body other than that I wanted to do my own thing. And I, 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 I like freedom. I like creativity. Um, uh, and I realized, like, well, to really do that, I, I need to make my own thing. And I have at times had sponsors and promoters and, and a, a lot in, the, in London. London's kind of home away from home and in Brazil and France and other places. Um, but basically, I realized I really need to have my own business uh, so, in order to really do what I want to do. So I kind of love the line that was her name, Shashan. I love the, the line she gave you that is, you're not going to find your box. You're going to have to build it. Uh, I, I, I wrote that down and I think I will uh, quote you on that. I think that is a, uh, uh, a really important thing, especially kind of in today's world where so many people are in sort of career flux and seeing different things, you know, that they thought were going to be a certain way being changed out from under them. Uh, I, I, I think that's a really, really powerful statement. Oh yeah. She's an, she is an amazing woman. No, we're out of touch now, but um. But it was one of those things when she said it, I could like, you know, when you just feel it completely in your body, like this well, is the truth. I'll I be honest. I, I actually shuddered. I felt it in my body when you said it, yeah. because that's uh, honest to God. People have always said to me, you know, how did you create what you've done the last 10 years? And I remember when my older daughter was uh, after her freshman year in college, there was a, a gentleman who was like a junior. He was interning in Austin and we took him out to dinner. They, they weren't dating. They were just friends. But uh, we took him out to dinner. And that night he told my daughter, your dad's one of the most interesting people I ever met. And I, and I, I thought she was making a joke about me because my daughter and I kind of barb each other a little bit. And I and I said, and and she goes, no, that's what he said. And I'm like, this was a kid who went to one of the most prestigious universities in the country. I'm like, why would he say that? She goes, well, his dad's a lawyer, studied law. His mom was in uh, was a, was in medicine. She had studied, you know, healthcare stuff. And he goes, "You just created your own job." He'd never met anybody. He knew engineers. He knew lawyers. He knew doctors, right. but he'd never seen anybody who created an entire job out of speaking and podcasting and and doing things. And so, when you said that, I shuddered because I wish somebody had said that to me when I was younger. That hey, you're not going to find it. You're going to have to build it. Um, so that. I, I feel it. I feel it in my energy as you said that. I mean, with all the crises in the world and problems, <clears throat> this is such an amazing time. And it is so I mean, here we are in a Zoom call. We're a thousand, a thousand miles away or whatever it is. And um, it, it's so much easier to be an entrepreneur now than it's ever been. I mean, I remember when you had to go get flyers printed up and mail them. And I mean, everything was a big deal and expensive and slow. And now it's like, Oh, okay. 
<laughs> so you, you strike me as a little bit of a free spirit. I mean, I bet if we unpacked the box, we'd find that your whole life, you kind of just, you know, went to your own drummer, even when you were stuck and doing your own things. So oh, yeah. my question is, is how much of this like entrepreneurship of being able to pursue this world of NLP and this world of energy, how much of it is luck that you were in Northern California? Because I wouldn't imagine that like the 1970s and 80s were this whole realm everywhere for someone who wanted to to carve their own path. You know, that it's true. And um, I mean, I have friends who are in Cincinnati, Ohio, teaching amazing energy work and stuff. I mean, it's it's everywhere. Um, it, it's harder to find um, in the Midwest and the South. They just kind of hide a little more. But it, but I mean, it depends how you think the world works. I, I don't think any of it was an accident. I mean, when I the way I discovered NLP um and well, this man, he helped inspire me. When I was at the university, they would have classes at the uh, student union and a man named Bruce Honig. And he was offering a four-night class on in creativity. And nowadays that sounds normal, but I'd never heard of anybody teaching something like creativity. It was just like, wow, you can teach that. And, and I took the class. I was the only one who took it, actually. And so he, he graciously met with me a couple of nights anyways. And it he started opening up my thinking because I went, here's this guy who's created this thing that he wants to do. And, I, and it just it, it was like all these doors opened up. And then he told me about this uh, lecture on intuition. And I went to it and it, it was pretty good. But there was a break in the middle and I went out to use the bathroom and there was a bulletin board. And on it was a flyer and it said neuro linguistic programming. And when I read the words, it literally felt like a bolt of lightning went through my head and bought and right down my midline. It was like, like boom. And the scientist in me was going, what was that? And the mystic in me goes, well, it was a sign. What do you think it was? And um, so I walked back in the room and I don't know what to do with all this. And they're selling all these books on intuition. And one book isn't on intuition. And it was an NLP book. And I'm going, now that's weird. And it wasn't even about <laughs> intuition. So I, I, I bought it, and then that, that got me started. Um, I believe that, you know, my belief is that we're these large spiritual beings, and just because our conscious mind thinks things are random, it doesn't mean our spirit isn't setting things up for us. And there's a lot of people who've gotten involved with spirituality energy, but could literally talk about they were in a bookstore and a book fell on them and stuff. I mean, um, you know, like really crazy stuff. And um, um so a long-winded way of saying I was at the right place at the right time, but I don't think that was an accident. So you, I said it in the introduction, but you and I have talked about this when I first met you and, and before we started recording, and that is there's a lot of people, famous people, successful people, names we've read about, who do this type of energy work and, and other spiritual uh, practices to help them focus, get ahead, uh, draw in um, you know some might call it you know law of attraction some might call it quantum physics there's a whole bunch of things that I I don't necessarily claim to understand that I know a lot of people do but they don't necessarily talk about it so you don't have to name names but you've clearly worked with some of these people yes and and I mean it it's being used by really successful powerful people all over and a, a couple of people I mean I haven't worked with them but like Will Smith talks about it. Um, uh, Jim Carrey talks about it. You know, um, uh, so there are quite a few people who, who do talk about it. 
you know, business leaders don't tend to talk about it. So because, you know, if it's a publicly traded company, your stock is going to go. CEO had CEO had a long distance energy cleanse. Yes. Maybe and the uh, stock should go up if that was there. Yeah. Now, and I'm working with an influential politician who I will not name, but, you know, we're keeping it very quiet. And because, um, well, like I gave a talk in London once and there was a reporter from the London, uh, what do you call it, the Times of London. Anyway, the big newspaper in London, the yeah. big L- London, London Times, isn't it? Oh, go ahead. I, I think so. I don't know why I'm blanking out. But um, at the end of my talk, she goes, oh, I loved your talk. She goes, I'd love to do an article about it but they wouldn't print it unless I massacred you. And she goes, I don't want to do that because I loved it. But she goes, they won't print that. <laughs> you know? And so um, there's some really great books for people that are think that this is like woo-woo. Um, a book I always recommend is called An End to Upside-Down Thinking, An End to Upside-Down Thinking, uh, Mark Grodin, I think. But there aren't other books called An End to Upside-Down Thinking. And I think he was like a stock analyst and he began to investigate this. And it, it's a really easy, quick read, but he really goes through um, and refers to a lot of the, the science, you know, the research, because people think there isn't research on this. There's a ton of it. There's actually a ton of it in Russia. For, when, I, when I have people in my audiences are from Russia, they always go, oh yeah, people in Russia talk about this. It's accepted in Russia for some reason, but not here, which I find humorous. Um, but um you know, uh, there's like this modern belief that just because an idea is old, that it's superstitious BS. It's like, you know, sometimes it's, you know, I think there's like 92 different languages that have a word for human energy. Hmm. It's like, so either everybody's always been stupid forever, you know, or maybe their explanations were, were off, you know, because they had to explain the gods for, you know, whatever, you know, they come up with their explanations but they reckon this is something people have always known about. It's in the Bible. It's everywhere, you know. Um, but there's this belief that it's unscientific when, in fact, there's a great deal of research backing it up nowadays. So I've always had an interest. I've never encountered anyone who was, you know, sort of did energy work or things like this. But, but you know, my brother said of me when I was in my 20s, or my early 20s, he said, God, you are the luckiest person I've ever met. And... <laughs> A couple of people have pointed that out to me that things tend to, to happen. And I've always felt there was some sort of some sort of an energy flow that caused that, if you want to put it in quotes, luck. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's um, um, yeah. I mean, I remember I was the, the Bay Bridge is this double decker bridge going from San Francisco to Oakland. And uh, I was driving on it and it was pouring rain and, and we're all speeding. I mean, there were. There were a lot of cars, but we were spaced out enough. And I mean, it was nuts. It's like pouring rain and we're all going 10 miles over the speed limit. And I, I barely touched my brakes, barely. And all of a sudden, I thought my engine had shut off. I had no control over the car and I'm drifting over to the inner wall. And finally, I'm going, oh, this must be what hydroplaning is. Okay. Um, and, and there were so many cars that if I'd have hit even one car, we would have spun around and it would have been one of those 50 car pileups. I mean, cause nobody would have been able to stop and it's a bridge and there's nowhere to go. Hmm. Um, and it was the weirdest thing. I literally felt like I was in this bubble and I wasn't even worried. And I'm watching the wall get closer and closer. And I remember just thinking, well, I wonder what happens when I hit the wall. Um, 
And luckily they had a, like a curb-like thing coming out. It was probably for workers to walk on. So instead of hitting the wall, my tires hit that, and I bounced another two lanes back to the right. And, and then I got control back to my car. I mean, nobody even flipped me off. I mean, nothing happened. <laughs> it wasn't until I got to Oakland and got out of the car. Went, <gasps> <laughs> you know, but I, I literally felt like I was in this bubble, and I just felt like I'm safe. It was the weirdest feeling. And, so, so if someone's listening to this show and they're like, okay, I kind of have this feeling about this stuff. I kind of, uh-huh. you know, I kind of have a feeling here. Uh, how do they even find out about it? How do people find how to tap into this energy? Well, my recommendation be, I have a, a free, it's about an hour video and I, it's called um, three energy processes you absolutely need to know. And what it does is in it, I, I give some of the basics of energy work and I teach three energy processes that I believe every person needs to know how to do. And that will really enhance your life. And I, I'm into ease. I'm kind of lazy. I'm like a lazy type A person. It's, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, somehow I've developed a type A life, even though I think I'm essentially lazy. But So I look for like easy, powerful ways to do things. And in that hour, people will learn, they'll, they'll go through them um, with me, but they'll learn to do some really important work with their energy and they can get to it. So the field is called energetic NLP. So people go to ENLP, ENLP, and then the number three.com, then they can access this webinar. And that would be a really, really great place to start. And, um, and, and I'll let, I want people to know, if this isn't faith healing, you don't have to believe it works. You know, try it out. If it doesn't work for you, fine. Um, but they'll be learning a lot of things. One of the things they'll be learning is, so, I mean, now we know from physics that we are, we do have energy fields. We actually know this is true. People have said it for thousands of years, but we, there was somebody in India, I think 5,000 years ago, who talked about bacterium and viruses. He, he didn't use those words, but he knew there were these little invisible things, and that's what got people sick. <laughs> it was like, I think it was, five, it was either three or 5,000 years ago. But he, since, uh, he was predicting coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, corona. And, and um, but what people have known forever is we had this energy field in and around our body. Like I said, there's 92 languages that have words for this. And um, like every other part of our body, it gets dirty. So if you, if you look at your hands right now, and think, what would your hands look like if you've never washed them in your entire life? You know, there'd, be, there'd be all this stuff on them, and you wouldn't be able to move much. But also, you would think that was really you. You would think all that gunk, you'd go, oh, this is Tom. You know, I go, this is art. And then if you fell in a lake by mistake, and it washed off, you'd go, well, what's this weird stuff? And you go, oh, actually, this feels better. And, oh, this is me. That wasn't me. Well, in the same way... People are absorbing energy. It started in the womb. We're constantly absorbing energy from other people. And that energy, so the way that people are hearing us right now is through energy. The only way people can communicate, period, is through energy, whether it's because we're moving molecules in the air um, when we're speaking. And so energy contains um, information. It also contains emotional energy. So all our lives, we've been absorbing other people's thoughts and emotions. And anywhere people in their life feel limited or they feel unclear, like they can't make a decision, or if they have an emotion, 
that they've worked on it, but they just, they either have it too often or they don't handle it well. So, you know, I'll have people who go, I'm an anxious person. I've always been an anxious person. I think it's just my DNA. And I've learned to take deep breaths and I can control it, but I'm really an anxious person. <laughs> so they, they learn to handle it. Well, there's about a 99.999% chance the reason they can't heal it is because it's not their energy. Because even in the womb, if our parents were anxious, we'll start absorbing their energies. And then the conscious mind's major function is to try to make sense of the world. And so we make up all these reasons why we feel the way we do. And um, like say, I did scientific research for 11 years, and um, it cracks me up how some uh, scientists, they try to make everything's DNA, even things that don't, like two twins separated at birth, and they both marry women named Betty. I mean, there are a lot of cases like that. And they'll go, well, it must be in the DNA. I'm going, yeah, there's a gene. And they're going, you will marry a woman they, named they Betty. Have, I mean, they have the Betty gene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. And uh, but if you go, we're 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 uh, we're absorbing each other's energies. And and in fact, a friend of mine who at first we we're good friends, but he thought this was nonsense. You know, he's an identical twin, and then he started telling me about yeah, my brother and I at times we'd know what the other one was thinking, or if something happened to them, or if they got hurt, we'd know. And I go, well, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like so you've experienced it. Um, so, uh, again, what I do is in faith healing, um, uh, but I will point out that some of the top physicists who ever lived talk about this kind of stuff. Some of the top scientists, some top scientists poo-poo it. But what's funny, in, in that book, in the end of Upside Down Thinking, they'll have these top scientists going, well, it can't be real because then we'd have to change our models of science. I mean, they say these ridiculous things, and then these Nobel prize-winning scientists going, you know, talking about how they know it's real. <laughs> um, so I've, I've got an interview coming up, I think, right after right after yours with a gentleman named David Adelson, and he was trying to explain quantum physics to me, and I, I couldn't understand it And in, in the way he was describing it, and he told me I didn't need to understand it, and that if people work too hard to understand it, they'll miss it. And I'm like, but wait, I want to understand it. Well, there, there's some quote, and I'm butchering it, but from one of the great quantum physicists was talking about some of the concepts, and he goes something to the effect that, that if you think you understand this, then you don't. <laughs> well, that, that's good because I don't fully understand it. But like I said, I definitely think it's there. And when we did our session together, one of the things you said, and I don't know what it means, but it stuck in my mind a week later, was that for someone who had never done any energy work, I had more of my own energy free and clear yeah. than other people do. And I don't know why, but I thought, well, that's, you know, that's either made up crap or it's interesting or yay for me. I didn't know what it really meant. Yeah. And, and it comes back to this idea that we absorb people's energies. And most people that I, I meet, even people who do energy work, I mean, they're so, when, when we get stuffed with other people's energies, we literally force our own energy away from ourselves. And you're, for whatever reasons, um, you know, I can speculate on it, but for whatever reasons, you're much better than 99% of the people I meet in that way. And, and also, if you think about people like um, uh, Michael Jackson, you know, some of these famous people who get a little weird. Um, uh, if you think of like, what is it like when there's millions of teenagers focusing their energy on you every day, hmm. you know? 
it, unless some people consciously, unconsciously have figured out how to, to deal with that. But the people who don't, they get crazy because it's like, it's not that the energy is bad, but other people's energy isn't yours. And it will, it's confusing. And um, like I say, I'll work with people who've had lifelong problems with an emotional state. And then we'll clear other people's, um, let's say it's anxiety, we'll clear other people's anxiety out of their energy field. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's completely different. You know, they still can feel anxious, but you can handle your authentic emotions. You can't handle other people's, I mean, you can at best handle other people's authentic emotions, but it's really difficult. And a lot of what's happening right now, as we're recording this with the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic, is there's so much fear around. I mean, people are like amping up their, their fear because they're absorbing all this way beyond what's, I mean, obviously a certain amount of fear is reasonable, but I'll talk to some people who are just terrorized and it's, for no no reason. So I've been, I've been reaching out to a lot of my friends and peers and clients and past clients and, and just saying, how are you doing? Just checking in. And interestingly, I've had about three conversations where I've gotten on the phone with with a friend who is literally on the verge of tears. They're so petrified about either the virus itself, the long-term negatives to our uh, society or their, their financial situation that they're, they're, they're shaking by it. And I've sort of taken, you know, this decision that this, I don't, I don't have an unlimited pot of money. I'm not one of these people who was prepared for, you know, a year pandemic. Um, but all that said is there's nothing I can do to change it. And right. so I've had sort of this attitude, like I'm just trying to be positive and remind people, you know, if you need somebody, reach out to them. And if you don't need somebody, reach out to them because they might need you. Well, I've done a series of energy sessions online helping people with this. And I've, I've been getting all these emails like, this is the first time I've been able to relax and I feel so much better. I feel empowered. And so anybody who's on my mailing list, and if they if they do sign up at that ENLP3.com, uh, they'll be on my mailing list. I'm making available these webinars that, and they can be used for other things in the future. And, you know, hopefully some people will be listening to time when it's not relevant, but you could use, you can change the topic in your mind, but we're going through and clearing out other people's emotions and disconnecting from you know, this enormous fear and, um, you know, I, which I find, again, a, a healthy respect is good. And, and, and a, le- a certain level of fear is good. But, um, you know, people who don't aren't afraid to get in their car and drive around, which is also dangerous or walk down the street or, you know, a million other things are terrorized about the coronavirus. But a lot of it is when you absorb other people's fear energy, you can you can try to handle it, but you can't heal it <clears throat> or solve it because it's not yours. So it just keeps operating. And then it amps up your own fears. And then you actually bring in, you're attracting more of that energy. And people get these incredible cycles that are, um, in energetic NLP, we do a lot of work on emotions. And fear is a great emotion if you're feeling your authentic fear. Because people can handle their authentic fear, anxiety, grief, any of it. Um, What we can handle is we then, well, let me give a more tangible example. You think about road rage. So people are driving on the highways. They're irritated. They're angry. They're, and they leave some of that energy stays there on the highways. So when you're driving, if you start getting angry, some people open up and that energy floods in. And all of a sudden, they're enraged. And they can't handle it because it's not theirs. And then they, they have 
then our mind will make up reasons why we're justified. That person really is awful and I should run them off the road or shoot them or whatever. You know? um, and I think a lot of road rage is because people's natural anger gets like amped up by all that energy on the highway. And you so, can learn how to like not be affected by that. So I actually have a couple more questions for you. We're going to probably run a little long, but then, okay. but first I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So Please. this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Art Geyser. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know, I know that some of you do, Jump over now to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of the show. So Art, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Let's take this back to these business people, be it Silicon Valley or wherever, who use this type of work. What, what, why do they use it in regards to success in their business? Um, boy, there's so many. I, you know those Ginzer knife commercials that slices and dices and you can fix your car um and the most basic level you can't be operating operating at anywhere near your optimal level whether it's mentally emotionally or physically if you're stuffed with other people's energies it interferes with your own energy flow so they use it to to get clear and to get in touch with their own creativity their own inspiration their uh, their energy um a lot of times when I'll work with people and they're exhausted and we'll clear their energy and all of a sudden it's like, hello world, you know. So, I mean, a lot of exhaustion um, can comes from our absorbing our clients or employees or, or our bosses, other people's energies. It also confuses our thinking. It, it, it interferes <clears throat> with us emotionally. So that's one set of things. <clears throat> you, you also um, can learn more about the energetic parts of manifestation. So how do you use spiritual principles and energy principles to help manifest? And, um, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, you just think of something and everything you want happens. I mean, sometimes it does work that way. Uh, sometimes it takes hard work. But like in all my programs, one of the things that we stress is um, to have more and more uh, wonderful synchronicities in your life so that opportunities just fall in your lap you meet the right people um and so when your energy is in a really good place and when you're uh i haven't mentioned this yet but a part of energetic nlp is being more guided and supported both by your spirit and by your inner human wisdom when you do that then you you tend to make really good decisions and by the way i have a whole list of quotes somewhere some of the top business people in the world I'm, a lot of the top business people in the world all talk about, you know, they do the analytics and do all that, but bottom line, they follow their guts is what they call it. You know, they get a feeling about it. And, and sometimes um, something doesn't even make sense, but it just feels right to them. And I'm sure everybody listening, when, I'm, when I teach off and go, how many of you sometimes, everything seemed fine about somebody or something, but you just, you just knew something was off, even though there was no logical reason for it. And it turned out you were absolutely right. And other times when it didn't seem to make sense, but you got a feeling you should do it and boom, it, 
you know, and the feeling you should do it, uh, being guided by your spirit is different than getting um, a compulsion to do something, you know. Um, so when you clear other people's energy out of your space, it's easier to be in connection with your own inner wisdom and spirit. So you make better decisions, you take better actions, you have more energy, your relationships get better with people. And is this something can, people can learn to do on their own? Can people clear their own energy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's always a little duality in that on one level, I'm always teaching people to do things on their own, but I also set up communities of people and we all help each other. So, you know, if you think of podcasting, sure, you can do it all your, on your own, but I'm sure there's times when another podcaster goes, oh, have you ever thought of doing this? And you go like, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that'll be me. You know, so I'm always stressing both doing it on your own and creating a community of people because that's the best. I mean, I, I have the most incredible support community in the universe and, and I build that for my students too. Um, and let's say somebody's going into a meeting, you can communicate with the people on a spiritual level, on an energetic level before the meeting starts. You can set the energy in the room. So when I would work with teams of people in corporations, and I think you said Fortune 1000, there were Fortune 50 or 100. Usually, most of the companies I worked with were like one, two, or three in their fields. Um, uh, and when you, you can learn to like set the energy in a room, and you don't do it to control people. You know, if you use energy to try to control people, that's not a good idea. But you can... It's like if you're going to throw a party, you try to set up the environment so people can have fun and talk to each other. Well, energetically, so when I work with the team, I set up the energy in the room for collaboration, for appreciation of one another, for being at their best. And one of my students with, uh, who works for a Silicon Valley company, since she's been working with me, every meeting she's led has gone fantastically well because she sets the energy for and does a number of other things. Uh, she clears what in her would block, would block it. And there's all levels of things you can do. But she was rushing down to take this workshop from me. So she goes to the meeting and she didn't do any of that. And she goes, it was the first bad meeting we'd had in three years. <laughs> and, and, and it was the only one where she hadn't set the energy and stuff. Um, uh, people use it in politics. Leaders use it. You can use it to build teamwork. And it's all stuff you can do on your own. And, and, the, the really dirty little secret of it all is it's actually easy. Well, there's two secrets. One is that everybody can do it. It's not, uh, you've heard me say before, it's not it's just a few special people. It's a natural human ability. And it's really, really easy. Um, if, you're, if you're taught correctly, it's, it's simple. The, the hardest thing about it is, is for me in teaching people is to get them to let it be simple. Because these are, na- it's a lot like uh, with sports. You practice and you do things. But when you're doing the sports, you're going dancing, you just relax into it and let it happen. And it, it's a bit like that. You pra- but even when you're practicing it, um, uh, like in my classes, if they get too serious, I, I make them sing Old MacDonald or something. You know, and just kind of go like, and, and once they lighten up, their abilities go, you know, when they stop trying to do it right or be perfect or heal somebody. So what last, what what last piece of advice do you have for the people who are listening on the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast? Well, so my piece of advice would be for the people that this is resonating with at all, 
you, you go to that webinar, you know, the free one that I have, and try out some of these energy processes and, and see what you think. You know, um, like I say, I was a scientist, so I, I mean, I'm, they, they can be skeptical, but try it, see what happens. For the people that have a deep opposition to this, I would say they should try it too, because um, a lot of people who end up really good at it are the ones that they have incredible programming and then that's trying to keep them from opening up their own power. So, so if you think of any society in the world is authoritarian and they're always trying to tell you, don't listen to yourself, listen to the leaders, whether it's a, a political, religious or military or whatever. And so we get a lot of programming not to connect to our own truth. So I would suggest the people that this resonates with, even curiosity, check it out. The people that have a really strong reaction against it, not that they'll do it, but I would recommend you should definitely check it out. And you can, they can check it out being going, well, I know this is a bunch of BS, but but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Some of my best students were, were dragged to one of my talks by their spouse, usually their wife. And, and um, one guy put up a really nice thing on Facebook recently about that going, wow, my wife dragged me to this, but, you know, it's, I thought it was nonsense, but it was real. So, um yeah, I, I would recommend that webinar is a really good way to start. Also recommend that book and end upside down thinking. Awesome. So Art, if someone's listening to this and they're like, I've got to find out more, how do they find you again? What's your website? Uh, my website, uh, the easy way to get there is to go ENLP, like for energetic NLP, the number seven.com. So ENLP lucky seven.com. If they want to go to the webinar, just go ENLP number three.com. Awesome. Well, Art, thank you for coming on the show and sharing everything. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in, in learning more about what you do. So thank you very much. Thank you. It was fun. And thanks to everybody who tuned in. I say it every episode. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we do the show? So uh, make sure if you like the show, you tell people because people find the show because their friends told them about it. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast love and uh, plan to come back in a couple days because we'll have an interview with somebody just as cool as Art Geyser. But in the meantime, go out there, flex those entrepreneurial muscles, make sure your ladder's against the right wall as you climb it. And while you're out there doing all that, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>